Hello, everyone. My name is Keith Dryan. I am the Edmonton Journal's legislature columnist. Today, we are introducing a new version of the Press Gallery that will come out midweek. We're calling it the Press Gallery Interview, and we will talk with people from around Alberta, people from political circles. Tune in each week, and we will have a new guest for you. Before we get started today, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your audio. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star rating. It would really help us out. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is the first ever edition of the Press Gallery interview. My name is Keith Dryan. I am the legislature columnist for the Edmonton Journal. And for our first episode today, we have someone very familiar to Albertans and especially Edmontonians. This is the current leader of the Alberta Party, former cabinet minister, and of course, Mayor of Edmonton, Stephen Mandel. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're here. Our uh, careers have actually collided quite a bit uh, the last several years. Uh, my first major gig at the Edmonton Journal was covering City Hall when you were a city councillor and then the mayor. Then you became health minister when I was the health reporter. And here we are again. I'm, I'm a columnist and you are a leader of, of one of our parties. So Congrat- Congratulations on your new position. We wish you well. And Thank you. It's a big job ahead of you. It, it is. Big shoes to fill. So, And I'm still learning. Well, uh, I'm glad you're here this week because this is a big, big week for your party. Uh, you have an AGM coming up this Saturday. Uh, so I want to get to that in a minute. The first thing I want to do, though, uh, I want to talk about a, an issue that happened just this week. This is a, a decision that the party had to make. Tough decision. This was a candidate in Edmonton Ellerslie, uh, Yash Sharma. I hope I've said that correctly. Uh, he was disqualified. My understanding is that he attended a rally that was critical of an Indian Supreme Court decision allowing women of menstruating age to attend a, an ancient Hindu temple. Uh, when did you find out about this and, and how quickly did you react? Well, we found out about it yesterday morning. Um, um, and we reacted to it relatively quickly, and we put out a press release that we were quite concerned about this, and uh, and then the board evaluated it more, and the board made a decision that uh, Yash's uh, position in this was um, against what the board believes, what the party believes, and that uh, steps had to be taken to remove him as a candidate. Those are byproducts of uh, the world today when things are on the internet so quickly, and uh, the decision was made. Um, I support the decision. Um, that doesn't reflect poorly on Yash. He did what he thought he should do as far as his position. Uh, we don't support it, but uh, we need to move on from here. Right. Um, obviously, uh, there's been some difficulties with the United Conservative Party, a lot of their candidates expressing some controversial views, to put it mildly. Uh, how damaging are those kinds of things? And are how confident are you that your party won't be subject to the same kinds of problems? Well, no one never know. No one ever knows. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that the internet today and the history today and information age today, all of it comes out. So who knows what? Uh, you got to also remember that we've got, uh, we're going to have 87 candidates running in the next election, of which most of them will be uh, new to politics. Uh, right now, we probably have close to 40 candidates nominated and really only two or three have any political experience. So obviously, there's going to be some challenges, but uh, uh, we work hard to get good people to run for us, and circumstances sometimes happen that forces change, and we have to deal with that uh, in this new era of uh, inter- internet and and uh, where everybody's in the public eye so quickly. 
You were a chosen leader in February, I believe. Uh, so been seven, eight months since that time. What has been your priority over the last seven, eight months as leader? One of the biggest things is that we need to make sure we have 87 candidates in the next election. So our number one priority is obviously putting together the platform and the policies, but really working to get 87 candidates in place. So we're, we're considered as a provincial-wide party and equality candidates, which we believe we're doing. We've got some excellent people running for us, and uh, we look forward to those uh, getting on the doors and selling the Alberta Party message. Uh, you mentioned that you have about 40 candidates. I think there's 37 listed on your website currently, 13 of whom are women. Um, but you do have an initiative, your party, to get more women on the ballot. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, to begin with, the Alberta Party made a commitment, at least I did as well, that we wanted to be diverse as our community. So it's just not about women. We'd like to have 50% of our candidates women, but we also want to make sure we represent other parts of our community, whether it's from the East Indian community or whether it's from the uh, Muslim community, Chinese community, on and on, African community. So we're making an effort to try to find a balance that uh, our party's representative of who we are as a province, working hard to get women candidates. What I found, it's much more difficult for women to make that decision. Uh, so we really value when they make that decision to join us. They're incredible people, the ones that are running for us, but there's others that are coming forward. We still have several in the queue that are going through the process. So we think we'll, you know, we'll be probably, we hope, 30 or 35 percent at least by the time we reach our 87 candidates. What do parties have to do to, to get up to 50 percent? I know that is a goal for a lot of people. Um, what, what, is, what can your party do to, to see that through? I think there's a lot of things government needs to do to understand the challenge that women face when they run. You know, it's, it's oftentimes I find it's easy for men to make a decision because the woman is at home making all the important decisions of the family. Well, women then have to make that important decision to run, but also then get the support of their family to do it. So I, I think the, there's so much, too much pressure on women to have to make all those decisions. And, and I really believe we need to be more supportive. So as an example, we should have a daycare at the legislature to make sure women who have young children have a place to take their kids. They're not separated from them. We should try to find ways in which uh, we can be more um, re responsive to their needs when they have to be at home at certain times. So I think we need to be uh, more creative and, and, and how we run the legislature to be more responsive to the needs of uh, women who oftentimes, whether it's fair or not, are the managers of their, of their, of their homes. I know my household, my wife was a manager. I mean, I, I came home and she took charge. And uh, thank goodness, she's much smarter than I am. So. <laughs> Well, that's, that's good to hear. Uh, I know Lynn uh, would appreciate hearing that and what I know of but her. It's that true, it's though. absolutely true. Absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> well, let's look ahead to this weekend, uh, the annual general meeting here in Edmonton for the Alberta Party. Uh, what is the priority of this weekend? What are, what are the things that you have to get accomplished? Well, there's a couple things. One, uh, it's about electing a new board um, going into the 1919, which is then uh, 2019, sorry, which is then the, we believe the writ period in the election. And then it's our policy uh, convention. And so a big part of that will be uh, our uh, membership looking at policies we put forward. We have a policy book. And that policy uh, discussion will happen on the floor, and hopefully we'll get some good interaction, good additions too, and uh, and have a, a, a nice discussion about where the party needs to go and the ideas that we need to promote, and then uh, vote on them and make that part of our, our foundation as we move forward. Are there particular policy discussions that you um, consider especially important or ones that you're especially looking forward to? 
Well, I, I really think all of them are important. I mean, uh, you know, we hope we have a, a good discussion on post-secondary issues. Uh, we really believe there's an important part of uh, our platform that needs to look at how do we engage more rural communities, so policies and that. So we, we hope that our, uh, our, our members from the floor begin to have a good discussion about those things, and, and we will hopefully uh, create some uh, interesting discussion and, and very positive results for the party. The, uh, you, I mean, there's, there's policies obviously already on your website that have been well discussed. You have a policy on the carbon tax that's different than the NDP. You have a policy on health care that's on there. Uh, how much room is there for membership to potentially change those policies? Well, we, we're a grassroots party, so we would hope that, that uh, members would uh, feel that they can have input into them. I mean, you can't change everything in that short period of time. We've been discussing a lot of this stuff with our members up until now, so it's not stuff that's just been placed on, on an agenda. Uh, we've had a policy committee, and that policy committee is uh, is communicated with uh, various members and uh, across the spectrum, so we got their input. So hopefully they've given a lot of input, but, you know, there's people that maybe haven't participated or like to comment. Um, we would hope that uh, there'd be some good discussion. Uh, I don't think we have time on every single issue because we may be there for a long time because I think it's about a 60-page book. So uh, the fact is that there are certain areas that some of our members will be more interested in than others, and, uh, and hopefully those will be the ones discussed uh, in more depth. And how does it ultimately arrive at the, the policies that you're going to take into the next election? You've heard Jason Kenney, there was the grassroots guarantee from the United Conservative Party, but then he says, I hold the pen. I'm the one that's ultimately going to decide what policies we take into the election. How does it work for the Alberta Party? Well, we would hope that um, uh, our, our grassroots people would have input and uh, and would um, help make decisions, and uh, and we hope that the the decisions they make will be reasonable and and uh, and forward thinking. But you know that's their their decision. That's where they're member of the party. They need to have a voice, and we need to listen to that voice. And it's up to all of us to bring arguments forward if we agree or disagree. It's all part of a an interesting political process. But if there is a policy that the the membership. Uh, wants, but you feel is objectionable in some way or is not a winning policy, can you override it? Can you do something to say, no, we're, we're not going to go forward with that? You know, to be honest with you, I don't think you can. I think that the membership has a, has a policy. I think that it's important to them. I think you have to move forward with it. Um, if, it's, if it's unacceptable to me, then I have to respond it in some way or form as well. If I think it's, we're unelectable because of that, but the membership wants that, you know, we still are a grassroots party. We have to respect that. And then I have to make other decisions as well. Well, let's look ahead to the election uh, next spring at some point. Um, I think the perception out there right now is that it's more or less a two-horse race, NDP versus the UCP. Uh, I haven't seen any recent polling, but I think the last time I looked at it, the Alberta party was maybe around 7 or 8% in the polls. What do you have to do between then and now to convince people that this is there is a third option, a third legitimate option uh, that they can vote for? Well, I think a good part of it is getting our candidates knocking on doors and people getting to know who we are. I think the issue isn't as much people don't like us or don't want us. They don't know us. And so it's vitally important that uh, we get candidates out to uh, um, explain to people who the Alberta Party is and, and our policies, our ideas. And, uh, and I think people will begin to change. Uh, there are two, th- two things I would comment on when I was running for mayor. I was also at 7% in the polls, and I won quite handily. And, uh, and then when uh, the current government was, was elected in 2015, uh, in this time prior to the election, they were nowhere as well. So um, the writ period is what defines elections, not five months or six months before. And uh, we think 
think during the writ period, ideas will come out and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to explain our platform ideas and people will believe they're in line with what they are. And then the other two parties will be obligated to defend the positions they've had. And that um, to most extent, those positions aren't great. And so they'll have to do that and we'll have to do ours. And I think in the end, we believe people see Alberta Party as an option. How much of a challenge is it, though? You mentioned the the candidates you have. A lot of them are new to this process. Uh, they may not know how to door knock properly. They may not know how to get a message out. Uh, how much uh, can we realistically expect from the Alberta Party? What's your realistic best case scenario for next spring? Well, we hope to win. I mean, our 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 best case scenario is to win. And so that's what our hope is. And you have to remember, people who knock on doors, it's about the relationship and the friendliness you have at the doors. So what we're finding from our, our member, our, our, our candidates, is when they go to doors, people are not mad at us. They want to hear what we have to say. And I think that's a big first step. They're not saying we don't like you because of. Uh, they're saying we'd like to listen to what you have to say. So I'm fine. When I knocked on doors, people were very responsive. Now, how many are going to vote for us? I don't know. But they're listening to us. They're not kicking us off the doors. And they want to hear another option. And that's really what's going on in the province. And as we get out and we explain our, our policy position to people, or they ask questions, or we introduce ourselves, people get to know who we are and get comfortable. Because that's really what it's about. It's a comfort zone. It's people say, gee, those aren't bad guys they, and gals. They're pretty smart. They have good, good ideas. And we think they could run this government effectively. And I think my experience of running the city of Edmonton, which I think we did a reasonably good job, should help a little bit. One of the other challenges I think you may face, because uh, this is another perception I hear out there, not from everyone, but from a lot of people, is that the Alberta Party has become uh, PC 2.0, that it, a lot of the people now involved with the party are those who were involved with the Redford government, the Prentice government, and so on. Uh, how much of a challenge is it? Um, maybe it's an advantage to you. Maybe some people do want to vote for that. But how much of a challenge is it for people who don't want to vote for that to convince them that you are something different? Than PC 2.0? Well, first of all, our policies and platform, when we release it, the policies will come out this weekend, but platform will build on our policies will, will help. But let's be fair, there's two candidates who were nominated that were former PC uh, candidates, myself and, and Dave Quest. Everybody else is, some are liberals, some are NDP, and others are brand new candidates who never run before. Um, so I think it's a bit unfair to say that we are PC 2.0, uh, we're a new party, and uh, sure, we have members in the PC party. They're the same ones that are frustrated with the right-wing parties or the left-wing party. And so the idea is to have an option in the middle, and that's us. And the progressive of the progressive conservative couldn't find a home in the UCP, so they're finding a place in the Alberta party. So are liberals. So are frustrated NDP people. So we're a home for a variety of people who want to see good government, responsible government, but government that also understands the importance of physical responsibility, but social being socially progressive. So I, I don't think it's a problem. I think you look at the UCP, they're primarily the old, old PC people, not us. We're mostly new. Take a look at our 40 candidates so far, and they're pretty bright young people and some a little older. Well, that's good. I probably... Variety is, is the way to go. Nothing as, like variety. Yes, exactly. Uh, you yourself, you're going to run in Edmonton McClung this time, if, if, that, yep. if I got that right. Uh, different from Edmonton White Mud, where you've mm -hmm. run before. Uh, what was the decision to move ridings? Well, that's where I've lived. I lived in McClung for uh, a lot of years, 45 years, I think. And so uh, it was. it's my home riding. Last time there was a, a candidate there, and, uh, and so the premier wanted me to run in White Mud. I've Feel much more comfortable in McClung. That's where my home is. That's where uh, 
I've raised my children, and that's where I've spent all my life and members of the community league and participated in a variety of things. So I'm very comfortable in McClung. Uh, we've knocked on doors. People have been very responsive, and uh, we hope we do well. But, you know, it's, we'll be out knocking on doors like everybody else, and, uh, and hopefully when Election Day comes that we'll get the support of the residents of McClung. Uh, looking forward to the next election, uh, what do you think are going to be the biggest issues in people's minds? Some people say it's going to be debt and deficit. Some people say the carbon tax. Other people are saying these social conservative uh, ideas that have been coming out, especially with the UCP. Where do you think people's minds are going to be next spring? I think there's. it's about the future of our province. It's about jobs, jobs, jobs. People are unemployed. People want to have a good future in this province, and right now they don't have it. And there's a lot of fear out there of what's not happening with whatever you want to call, whether it's the pipeline or the economy or investment. There's all kinds of problems in this province. And if we don't get a much more aggressive, creative government, we're going to be in trouble. And we can't look back 40 years. We've got to look ahead 40 years. I think the Alberta Party will do that. We'll be creative. We'll be dynamic. We'll have a kind of platform which will attract various um, different supports from people because they'll believe that we have the kind of ideas that can change this province. All right. Well, with that, we will wrap it up. Thank you very much, Stephen Mandel, for being our first guest on the Press Gallery interview. It's an absolute pleasure to be first. Always good to be number one. Indeed. Thanks again. That was Stephen Mandel, leader of the Alberta Party. Thanks for tuning in to this first edition. We'll be back next week with another exciting guest.